Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Welcome back, everyone. Hour number two of the Helitech Foundation Home Improvement Show here on a Saturday at your service on KMOX. Greg Damon, Scott Mosby, and Julie, Julie Giljum. <laughs> I'm never going to get this right, nope, by the way, nope. Julie. So sorry about that. Uh, here, ha- taking your questions and comments. We got some folks on hold, but we do have room for you. If you want to join us, here's the phone numbers 314 436 7900 or 1 800 925 1120. Scott, we got some folks on hold. You want to go straight to the phones? Yeah, let's get to it, Mr. Greg. All right. How about we talk to Andy? Andy, you're up next here on the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Great, and love to love your show every Saturday. I've got a uh, a drain in the a floor drain in the basement over in the corner, and for twenty to thirty years now, we've been wanting to put another shower in the house. <laughs> what I'd like to do is just put up a couple of walls, and the floor seems to be sloped just about right for a shower and turn that into a shower if I could do that without buying a, a standalone unit or whatever. Well, Andy, uh, frankly, we do this uh, quite often uh, when we uh, remodel or have uh, large-scale home improvements to do and we take out a shower. Uh, sometimes we set up temporary showers in the basement for the, the hardier clients of ours. So uh, the floor drain is legal. It already has a P-trap in it, so you're good there. Uh, I would be very careful what you build this wall out of and such because it's going to be on a wet concrete floor. That floor will get wet. It will wick the moisture up and up onto the into that wall. So at the very least, I would suggest you use a rigid foam half-inch foam plate. So if you use your two by fours, uh, go ahead and use wood two by four plates and studs, but don't put the two by four directly down on the concrete. Think of it as a gasket, a foam barrier, a resistance to this wicking moisture getting up into the wood walls. Because if you use the shower, um, you know, I'll, I'll call it a, you know, a, a camping shower at best, because it, uh, when you have the home inspected um, the, for sale, they'll make you tear this thing out because it's not really a legal bathroom, et cetera, et cetera. Oh. But it will work fine, you know, for you and me. I'm I'm an old Boy Scout, so right. you know, if I can get yeah, if I can get clean in a garden hose, I'm I'm good. Well, I, I sort of planned on putting some kind of sealant underneath the plates, and maybe a, a cove of some kind around the out in well the inside, but the edge of the plate. To funnel the water into the drain, but yeah, that's that's what I wondered if the floor would be a good enough surface for standing. Yeah, less is more. Um, you know, don't get too far into this thing because uh, your wall surface will pretty much just come straight down onto the floor. Whatever you use, you can use the bake light materials, the you know, kind of the fiberglass. Um, uh, panel that goes over if you're going to use it then use either cement board backing or a moisture resistant drywall uh, but but don't glue those plates down onto the concrete make you make sure you use a gasket and then either drill and masonry anchor or use a powder actuated stud gun you know gr- you know 
22 caliber driving nails into the concrete, uh, that type of a thing. Uh, but don't let that moisture wick up into that wall and keep it simple. Don't go too far. That uh, moisture barrier on the wall surface comes down, caulk it to the floor. The deeper you get, you know, if you put any kind of a shower liner in, tile floor, wow, that's just more you're going to have to tear out. Uh, in my opinion, keep it simple, less is more, and, you know, just make, make the function happen for you. Great advice. Let's move on. And uh, how about we talk to Jeff? Jeff, you're up next on the Home Improvement Show. Good afternoon, Scott. Um, yes, sir. I wanted to, yes, I wanted to follow up on a previous caller talking about finishing a basement. And um, I know you're a fan of the foam, and I was considering going that way. Um, but my question is, can you put up, and I was going to um, use a dry lock paint on the wall prior to the finishing. Um, can I put up a thin layer of foam and then uh, put an unfaced R13 in the wall cavity? Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect. I love it. Okay. So that wouldn't, uh, even if I put up like a half-inch foam and then do the unfaced, it just seems cheaper to do the insulation than, than the foam, but I like the barrier that the foam provides. No, Jeff, you're really onto something there. Quite often when we do room additions uh, and we really want to um, stop the, more, or the air infiltration to make this thing not leak, we will use spray foam only about a half inch and then we'll fiberglass or bibs, which is a uh, you know a different kind of wet spray foam in there, or non foam kind of a cellulose material, so we will achieve it with the foam, and then you you know fall back to a less costly insulation. So the strategy is um, is not rare. It, it's a fairly widespread occurrence among you know aware building science people. So uh, you've got a great plan and uh, there are very few downsides. The biggest risk still is a, you know, wet or leaky basement. Sure, sure. And and my basement stays dry as it is. And like I said, for to help reduce that moisture flow through, because uh, I, I understand the mold concerns, I was going to use the dry lock. And then I, I feel like that foam is also a barrier that, that helps stop that. I know you were saying no plastic, and that's where I started to get a little bit worried whether the foam is sort of a plastic or where we, how that all worked out. Well, you still run the risk. The best way to foam your basement is a spray foam that has no air gap between the concrete and that rigid foam. So you get down to the real finer points of where moisture can be trapped that foam on the wall can be one and keep in mind you still have to fire stop this stuff up at the top of that wall with either galvanized steel or a two by four two by six you know something that won't burn away quickly you know you're still responsible to the fire code to trap any flame spread from being a real problem but yeah your half inch foam is fine even better would be a half inch spray applied in place uh, because you you neutralize any risk of that mold growing back in the walls. But the only real bad thing to do is to use a clear plastic vapor barrier out on the living, the warm surface of the wall. That's you know when now you've trapped moisture in that whole wall cavity, and you've got four inches of petri dish 
to grow some pretty nasty biological, you know, science projects. All right, we appreciate the phone call, uh, Jeff. Let's go on. Uh, Scott, we've got to do a little business, but we'll come back, take some more phone calls. How's that? Right on. All right, fantastic. Folks, this is a Saturday at your service here on KMOX. You want to join us? We still have time for your phone calls. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We'll be back after these. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Welcome back, everyone. 1219 is your time right here in the heart of Mid-America, and this is a Saturday at your service on KMOX, and you are listening to the Helitech Foundation Home Improvement Show right here today. Scott, we got some uh, folks on hold, but also Julie is here, and we're talking about uh, the new division, Wright Kitchen. Yeah, uh, Julie, can you tell me a little bit about uh, Wright Kitchen? I, I know this is a kind of a brainchild of yours and uh, uh, something you're very proud of and been very, uh, uh, you know, successful at streamlining and, you know, just making the process easier. Can you tell me more? Sure. Well, it kind of all started with um, several years ago, we started the division um, Wright Bath. So with um, Wright Bath, it was, you know, typical five by eight bathroom, hall bathroom, tub, toilet, vanity, and really, you know, helping the homeowners simplify getting that remodeled and being able to do that bathroom remodel within a week. So we decided to see, like, well, why can't we do something similar with kitchens? Not so much a week remodel, but definitely shorten that time time frame and people being overwhelmed with selections on how we can do that. So really working hard over the past couple of years on how this can be accomplished. And we think we got it. We'll, we'll see, but we think we got it. So... That's kind of where it all started. We all know, you know, kitchens tend to be the heart of the home. Everybody gatherings, everybody's huddled in the kitchen around the food and whatnot. So without having a kitchen for three or eight weeks, what can we do to shorten that time so you can get back um, cooking and entertaining again? So that's where Right Kitchen came came to be about. Uh, Julie, what are the uh, product uh, qualities. I mean, there's there are ways to uh, make things uh, less costly, and then there are just ways to cheap out. I mean, are these name brand products? We did. We we selected name brand products. I mean, especially being uh, Mosby Building Arts Division, we are not sacrificing our quality. We still have that 10-year workmanship warranty. So we went with, you know, wood cabinets, um, showplace cabinets is one of them. We're Kohler plumbing, you know, faucet and sinks. Um Tile backsplashes, so you can do anywhere from glass to ceramic to porcelain, um, even countertops. Like you, can, we you can do laminate, quartz, granite. Just depends on where that budget is for the homeowner on what what we can accommodate for that and really get that look that they want. So we no, we did not um, appliances. We went with um, Frigidaire, which is Electrolux, which is their high you know higher end, and Frigidaire is more of that. Um, cost-effective, but still really great quality um, appliances to use. I have a, nice, nice. How does, oh, go ahead, Greg. Go I, was say, I have a question, too. I, I heard you talking about the right bath, obviously, just a, a hall bath. Most of those are pretty pretty similar in almost every house. What about a kitchen? Because I see so many different, des, you know, kinds of designs in a kitchen, whether it's an L-shaped or they've got, you know, a center uh, center island or things like that. How does that apply? That That is where the difficulty came with coming up with this process and how we would do that because it is very hard to maintain it within four walls with a kitchen. So what we kind of, there's a lot of homes that we have seen and a lot of kitchens that we have done to where 
either you are limited on that space because of especially the older homes. And then also, you, there's just so many homeowners that are like, I love the way the kitchen is laid out now, but I just want it updated. So without having them to have to go, you know, shopping or go through all these endless options, we wanted to make it more simple for them because the functionality works great. So let's just get down to the style and, and what you want and, and simplify that process. What do you think the number one thing is when you're redoing a kitchen, the number one thing that homeowners want? And what I mean by that is like, is it more storage, more space? What, you know, what are what are they looking for? Typically, it's, it's more storage. So um, with corners and kitchens, I mean, usually there's a, what's called a blind cabinet to where you can kind of reach in to utilize that space or a lazy Susan. A lot of the older a lot of the older homes and kitchens don't always have that. So that's a big one. Um, right now there's pull-out shelves within kitchen cabinets that, that we can really get into that back of that cabinet because it's 24 inches deep, 24 inches deep. I know my arm doesn't always go all that way back. You can't see back there. So really making that more, the cabinets more functional, I guess you could say. But really the layout, layout's good. It's just I can't see back in that blind cabinet or I can't, you know, sure. get to that is really where that comes up with. Scott? Yeah, well, I, I'm getting older. I'm not willing to get down on my hands and knees and crawl back into a <laughs> blind corner cabinet anymore, and we're finding that our clients are the same way. Uh, and one of the things, I was in a conversation uh, with an architect yesterday, and uh, we discussed the aging in place or staying in the home as uh, one of the trends that our whole industry thought would really uh, grow dramatically over the last five years, and it just didn't. Uh, and, and it's important to know that, you know, frankly, this right bath and right kitchen, we include accessible options, accessible designs. You know, when Julie's changing cabinets around, uh, there can be multiple levels for accessibility. Maybe you've got somebody in a chair, somebody that's in a wheelchair, somebody on a cane, and somebody in full capable mobility. Uh, so universal design features will, will tend to sneak them in there. You may not know, but uh, uh, it's all part of the fabric for us at Mosby. It just, um, you know, empowering people with kitchens and bathrooms is pretty much uh, based to our, you know, existence and, you know, why we do what we do. Yes. And I mean, definitely. And give us a call. I mean, the phone number is 314-909-1820. And I mean, we're, we're happy to talk further and investigate more on what, what we can do for you. All right. That sounds right. great. Scott, let's, let's go back to phones. phones. All right, let's go yeah, back and talk. Let's talk to Cliff. Hey, Cliff, guess what? You're up next on the Home Improvement Show. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Love your show. Thank you. I've got a. Uh, I'm going to work on my garage, uh, finishing my garage uh, more this year, and the rafters. Installation mm -hmm. between the rafters. I'm looking for a simple one step way to put some insulation up there and also provide a halfway finished side. Any suggestions well, on that? Well, for me, Cliff, uh, you know, uh, we get a, you know this question all the time when people move into an existing home. How far do I go to keep the heat in my garage? And for winter use, 
uh, frankly, and it gets to the insulation, the easiest way to do that is, frankly, to put up a drywall ceiling and blow a fiberglass or cellulose attic insulation up above. And before you do that, go ahead and build any kind of shelves or storage or whatever. Do the reinforcement necessary before you put that drywall up. But if you're just going to put insulation up, then you need to have craft that, you know, moving air through that insulation doesn't uh, help keep the heat. So you do need a real wall surface, in my opinion. And then after that, you can have a very, uh, um, you know, loose fill insulation of fiberglass, rock sole, cellulose, whatever you want. Uh, but that's the way that uh, my attic is, is really first thing I did was put drywall up, um, reinforce the, the ceiling structure so I could, you know, put drop down lights and, you know, the various things I wanted. And, and then I blew insulation up in the attic. It's the most economical way to do it. Well, I have some storage up there around the ceiling part already. And this is yep. just up in the rafters. So I was just uh, looking for something that I could put up there and tack up and, uh, you know, I basically have a halfway decent finish. So, if there isn't anything out there, uh, then uh, I'll, I'll go to Plan B. Well, you can use a craft-faced uh, fiberglass, which is that brown paper. It'll staple up onto the face of the joists. The issue with that is it does leak the air. It doesn't hold the heat. It does tend to insulate. It increases your insulation. But, you know, moving hotter rises, and it'll go right through that insulation. It'll go right around that craft face barrier. So, you know, I still like a ceiling surface primarily for the fire separation. You know, if you have something happen in that garage and it stuts everything up in the framing, uh, you know, the rafters on fire, man, you're in a world of hurt fast. So, you know, I'm, I still trump back to, uh, you know, some sort of a fire separation of a drywall ceiling, um, you know, and, and that matters. Uh, so if there's a way to get a surface and then you can put a bad insulation, lay that in from the top down up in the attic. Um, but the bad insulation is going to be more costly than the blown. And you can have uh, space up there. Again, you'll lose some space because effective insulation is going to be about 10 inches, 10 to 12 inches of blown insulation to hold the heat from those engine blocks or, or your space heater. All right. Fantastic. Scott, we got to do a little bit more business here, but we'll be back on the KMOX Home Improvement Show on a Saturday at your service. We invite you to join us here, 314-436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. 1233, my friends, right here in the heart of Mid-America, and you're listening to a Saturday at your service here on KMOX. It's the Helitech Foundation Home Improvement Show. Scott Mosby on the line. Julia Gilgem, how about that? There you go, you See, got I it. got it. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting better at that is hanging out with us well, answering all your questions. You want to join us, we would love to have you. Here's the phone numbers, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Scott, we got uh, more folks on hold. How about we talk to uh, Felix? All right, let's get going. Hello, Felix. Hey, how you doing? Um, I got a question. I um, want to get your opinion if you agree with what they think the theory is, what's causing the leak. Uh, this is a... Uh, a high-rise condo unit that has concrete ceilings, and um, a couple. Uh, there was a leak on the far side that was 
coming from the joist, the the uh, caulking between the uh, the ceiling between the different concrete slabs, and now it started in the uh, the bedroom along the same uh, scene. They're thinking that water is somehow getting in from a crack or so, something on the surface of the uh, building, uh, sipping in between the uh, third and fourth floor, running along the uh, concrete ceiling to that uh, uh, joist, that uh, sill, and then running along the sill where it finds a uh, opening that just drips out. Felix, that is absolutely possible. Water and Mother Nature are undefeated, and gravity will always have water. If if it leaks, if you let it in that exterior envelope, so if that comes through that wall, once it gets inside that structure, especially when you're talking about a poured concrete multi-story box like a condo unit, uh, this is absolutely plausible. Uh, and once you get into these multi-story buildings, it tends to be that the crazier possibilities become more commonplace than the simple ones because they, there's a ton of interrelated systems there. Uh, we see leaks, uh, you know, where the water will come across that concrete slab on whatever floor it is, and then it comes through around a plumbing pipe stack that may penetrate, you know, all eight, all ten floors. So. Uh, don't discount this, um, and it takes a long time. It's a trial and error type uh, theory and then scientific process to find these leaks, but the crazier it sounds, the more probable it is. I, I just can't tell you my experience with those silly water leaks. Can Anything is possible. That's great advice. Let's move on. How about we talk to Joanne? Joanne, you're next up here on the Home Improvement Show. Okay, thanks for taking my call, but uh, in my toilet tanks, when I flush them, there's like black mold in the tank on the bottom, and when I flush the toilet sometimes, that, that black stuff comes running down. I, what, what can I do to get rid of it? I, I've got to oh. get the water all out of the tank, but how do I do that? Uh, uh, Joanne, uh, frankly, fear not. Take a breath. Um, drop your blood pressure. This is really, really simple. Um, you know, uh, I suspect that you have a stopper in the bottom of the tank that's made out of old black rubber. And the chlorine and the minerals over the years is has deteriorated. If you take your hand down in that tank, lift the lid, and you go down to the stopper right in the center, it's about the size of a donut, oh, about three inches in diameter. If you touch it, you will come up with a big black slime, and it, it's not mold, it's deteriorating black rubber. Um, oh. And once that stuff starts flying around in the water, it will absolutely flush down in your tank. And then you've got a little mineral deposit from, you know, you're in the Midwest, it, you know, it is what it is. That black stuff sticks to the mineral deposit, so the way to clean it is just some simple vinegar, just some simple white household vinegar. Um, but, you know, just like you would disinfect the toilet, use it with the vinegar. But you need your toilet stopper and the guts replaced in that toilet. And if that's something you can do, go ahead. But uh, otherwise, you'll need a plumber so. or something. Okay, so I should just put some vinegar in there, and that'll help eliminate that? Or will no, eliminate that? No, that stopper has to be replaced. You need uh, toilet surgery. 
but in terms of getting the black stuff out of the bowl down below that you and I as homeowners are, you know, we do the cleaning, uh-huh. it's pretty simple. But get that done by a plumber um, uh, to uh, change that stopper. Uh, and, and frankly, you're just going to have the guts on that toilet rebuilt, and the plumber probably will talk to you about getting a new toilet, too. So, you know, keep that in mind. I have three toilets. That's my problem, and I have the same problem with each one. So, well, they're all okay. about the same age, and they all have that black yeah. rubbery donut. So if you've got it in one, you've got a high probability that it's in all three. It's, you know, it's just like, you know, if you have three pairs of shoes, they all tend to wear out at the same time. Okay, very good. Okay, well, thank you so much for your help. I'll get some vinegar and a plumber. Okay. Yep, there you go. Well, get the plumber first and then the vinegar because you'll need to clean up after the plumber, too. <laughs> All right, Joanne. Thanks so much. Uh, let's move on. And how about we talk to Sherry? Hey, Sherry, you're up next here on the Hi. Home Improvement Show. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Scott, I have a question. I have the telephone repairman here, and I was taking him to the basement yesterday just showing where all the lines come in. And before I could turn the light on, there was like a six to eight inch line of daylight coming through before I could turn the light on. I go, what is that? And he said, it's your sill plate. What is a sill plate, and is that something that is dangerous? (laughs) That there's there's light coming through. First off, that's the perfect situation to find problems because all that is is sole plate or sole plate, S-O-L-E, is the first piece of wood that goes on top of the foundation. Okay. So before the, when the carpenters start wood building this structure on top of this concrete or block uh, foundation, they put this wood on. It's two different kinds of wood. And uh, very common that the wood will shrink or that there's no insulation between that. And keep in mind, air comes through here, bugs come through here, cold comes through here. So it's not a big deal, but it's very important to fix. Uh, And that time of day, when you have bright outside and kind of dark inside, you know, when, when we're insulating things, man, that's a gift because we can see every blockage or every open air gap but you know don't don't worry about this this is important to fix but your house isn't falling apart the sole or sill plate is just the first piece of wood that goes on top of a foundation okay who would i what type of company would i call uh, usually an insulator or even a handyman. All it is is uh, either putting fiberglass insulation in there or caulking. I would like to see it caulked from the outside of the house so that the bugs, you know, stay on the outside of the building. And, and frankly, okay. All right. That sounds great. We appreciate, uh, appreciate that, Sherry. Thanks so much. We're going to go ahead and do a little business. We'll come back here on the KMOX Home Improvement Show Saturday at your service. Stick around, my friends. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Welcome back, everyone, to this beautiful Saturday afternoon. 1247 is your time. Scott Mosby, Julia Gilgem, Julie. (laughs) You had it once. I only had one more time to do it. Julie Gilgem in the house answering all your questions. 436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. 436-7900, Those are the phone numbers. Scott, we got a couple more folks on hold. You want to go back to the phones? 
Yeah, let's do. All right, let's talk to Barb. Barb, you're up you're next, next here on, on the KMOX, KMOX Home Improvement Show. Show. Barb? Barb, you've got to turn off your radio and listen to us on the phone. All right, going once. Here I am. Okay. Go ahead, Barb. Hello, Scott. Um, I have a 1954 brick single-story house, 94% energy-efficient furnace with a humidifier on it. And two weeks ago, we began getting this wet drywall odor uh, when our furnace would kick up in the morning. How can I trace trace that odor? Uh, say this again, please. Ninety-four percent furnace, and you're experiencing what's that, Barb? Uh, I'm I'm getting a wet drywall odor whenever the furnace kicks on in the morning. I haven't had it for the last two days, um, but we've had you know those strange temperature fluctuations outside, um, and I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Uh, I would have that unit uh, service, Barb. Um, it's a musty odor that I'm hearing, and, and that may be some sort of a malfunction with a humidifier. Uh, I suspect if you've got a furnace that's that good, you likely have a, uh, a good humidifier on there to, to moisturize that home. And sometimes that humidifier can sit, uh, you know, when you have warm weather days, uh, you wind up adding moisture, uh, and you get a bit of a musty odor. Uh, but it's, I think it's important that you have a service person come, check out the furnace, check out the humidifier, and make sure those two things are getting along and playing well with others. Um, so that musty odor is cause for concern. There could be a couple other things there, uh, especially if you get a white powdery residue on the walls. Uh, get your furnace guy over there very quickly. You could have a problem with a heat exchanger, and that uh, is carbon monoxide and a health uh, issue um, and, and maybe even an emergency. So I would get your uh, service person over there promptly. Okay. Uh, we just had it um, furnished. Uh, we get it uh, like every six months, and it was just done mm-hmm. about three weeks ago. But I will call them back and tell them what you said. Well, keep in mind, sometimes service people will adjust and turn something and forget to unturn it. So, uh, you know, the fact that somebody was there three weeks ago is really uh, not a pro or con. Just, uh, you know, it's time for you've got a little more information. Something else is out of out of sorts. Um, Get them back and tell them what you know. And, uh, you know, they'll be able to assess it, uh, I think, right there. I think he may have been afraid of our little dog. So, all right. Thank you so much, Scott, and I appreciate this service. You're welcome, Barb. Take Take care. care. All right, let's talk to Joan. Hey, Joan, guess what? You're up next here on the Helotech Foundation Home Improvement Show. Yes. uh, My clothes washer empties through a plastic hose into a three-foot-long metal pipe sticking out of the concrete basement floor, and there's Mm -hmm. no lint catcher on my clothes washer. The pipe... The pipe under the the uh, basement floor seems to be stopped up with Kleenex. We put Drano down the metal pipe numerous times. So how would I unstop that metal pipe? Uh, get a sewer cleaner guy. You have stopped it up with lint. Uh, so that's why it looks like Kleenex. Um, it, it's very common with clothes washers that don't have a uh, filter on the outgoing water that over a period of 20 years 
you know, you're literally washing cotton and fibers. And when you rinse it, some of those fibers go down the drain and they don't always flow with the velocity you like. So uh, basically you have a paper mache blockage in the standpipe for your washing machine. Uh, and I would recommend that you call a pressure washer type sewer cleaner to get it out. You're not alone. Uh, and it's common that floor drain, you know, water starts coming up on the floor drain a few feet away. And it's still the same issue with fibers going down the drain and setting up with water and fibers into a paper mache type blockage. And, you know, you it's a it's a professional clear. <laughs> Is there anything I can put on the hose to block, you know, at least the Kleenex that gets caught up in the clothes? Uh, I have seen um, uh, the problem with that is you have to clean it every time, just like a clothes dryer. Yeah. So there are actually little uh, you can use a. I, I've seen um, metal uh, uh, insect screens for screens on a house molded down to make sure it's six inches into that standpipe. Uh, but you need to pull that out and clean that every time because I've also seen people forget that or weren't aware that it was there. It plugs up, floods the basement. So, yeah, um, it, it may be. Yeah, it's possible, and that's the issue. It, the metal screen fits into that standpipe. Well, you have to make it fit, so it's it's a little bit of um, 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 after engineering, if you will, uh, because you've got to get that water down in where that rubber pipe goes all the way down inside that six inches of that standpipe. And even then, if if you get a Kleenex in there, you can plug that up in one load and have the water overflow on the floor. So I would I would just have that uh, uh, drain perfectly cleared with a pressure washer cleaner. Uh, maybe you'll get another 10 or 15 years out of it before you need to clean it again. Hmm. You don't think that Ridex would work in that pipe? Nope. Ridex eats grease. Uh, stand, uh, the uh, uh, liquid plumber eats the pipes. Everything you have done is not good. So uh, the Ridex won't hurt anything, but it won't help anything either. It won't dissolve cotton. You literally need a professional sewer cleaner yeah. to come in there and, and you know, scrub. I mean, it's like pots and pans cleaning. You know, your dishwasher is not going to do it. You really need to scrub it with an abrasive something. You need, you need a pro to come in with some big tools. Yeah. So that Drano is eating the pipes, you said? Yep. You want to you wanna make a plumber cringe. I, I can see plumbers out there either rubbing their hands together because you're going to call them soon to come replace the pipes. You just ate away with that acid. Yeah. I am not a fan of liquid plumber. It's, uh, um, it well, it it's causes Drano. more damage. It's Drano. Well, Drano is the same stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. basically it's a very costly, nasty, nasty acid mm-hmm. that, will clean the pipe but not much just a little yeah. bit you, you know this this counts your your dishwasher your clothes washer ate too many cheeseburgers and in, in fibrous mm-hmm. kleenex form yeah <laughs> okay yeah. yeah please please joan get her done uh you can try all these economical things you're going to change uh saving hundreds into spending thousands joan thanks for the phone call we appreciate that you know, Scott, uh, what's real funny about that, you know, we have a we have a kind of a saying in the automotive world. It's like, you know, you just keep trying to throw parts at it, hoping something sticks. <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes it'll stick, but not to your benefit. <laughs> exactly. You're exactly right. 
Hey, we got uh, we got about three minutes here left on the show, and uh, I want to talk a little about uh, Julie. I got some advice for her, if, if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Change your name to something easier, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so I've got it. Autumn gold color. I'm thinking that's that's the new thing. What do you think? Autumn gold. I mean. The retro's coming back, so yeah. I, I like it. I, I was, like you, it. You're probably too young to remember Autumn Gold. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no it, what goes around comes around. Skinny ties come back, and Julie's right. Uh, we had some designers down at the International Builders Show, mm-hmm. the Kitchen and Bath Show, and, you know, she she's on top of this stuff. Uh, you'd be surprised what colors are coming back again. I say, yeah, colored appliances, white, black, I mean, they're they're coming back with a vengeance. I mean, I'm trying. I mean, you got the subway tile with the white subway tile with black grout. Sure. I and mean, we haven't seen that. I haven't actually seen that. Um, but I, it I is have. now. <laughs> but it's 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 now back, and I mean that contrast is coming back. So I'm not sure where harvest gold and avocado green, where oh. all those kind of oh. will fit into place, but they will be back. I guarantee. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, that's keep scary. in mind, uh, one of one of our business periodicals uh, has cited that metal roofing, mm-hmm. very vibrant colors, uh, um, bright green, bright red, bright blue in metal roofing colors are coming back. So some of the wildest colors you ever saw are going to become more and more prominent in roofing products on the exterior of homes. So that's one of the bigger trends coming at us in 2018. We're in the Midwest. Might be a little bit late on board, you know, as we typically are. I call that wisdom, but, you know, it, it comes in uh, kitchens and appliances and roofs and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, actually, you know, to that end, we've got a seminar coming up next Saturday, uh, February 24th, and it's on windows and doors. And uh, with cold weather the way it is now, Greg, you know, I'd like to invite our listeners to come out. Uh, Julie can tell you how to sign up and all that, uh, but uh, through the website, callmosby.com or, you know, call the phone number, but we'll take you through how you can stop those leaky windows and doors and keep keep old man winter outside. Yeah, definitely. There's We, we have um, consultants that will be there giving it, so you'll learn a lot of information. So, like Scott said, um, callmosby.com or you can even um, call into Mosby Building Arts at 314-909-1800. You know, and that's uh, right that's that's also you, you talk about old man winter, but don't forget we're going to be firing up. That's right. I'm going to say it. The air conditioner here real soon. <laughs> you know, like we did the other day when it was 80 some degrees. Um, you know, so uh, you, you still the, the leaky doors, the uh, the drafty windows. You know, there's that's still an issue during the summer too. Oh, absolutely. It, uh, saving energy, saving energy, and leaking anything, air or water. Even, you know, we had a caller, Barb, just a few callers ago that had a musty odor from a very high-efficient furnace. Um, and, you know, frankly, you, you get air conditioning in there. When you fire up the furnace the first time for the year, you've been putting all that, you know, moist air through it. Uh, you know, and it gets a little musty in odor. Sometimes it's it's a bigger problem than you think. But you're exactly right, Greg. I mean, air conditioners handle moisture, at least they're supposed to. And when they don't, you know, something stinks. Nope, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Well, Scott, I got to tell you, as always, man, it just flies by every time we do the show. Uh, I want to thank you so much for uh, for letting me help everybody out here today. And uh, for folks that are interested in Mosby Building Arts, where we can go? We got about 10 seconds. Cool. Uh, 314-909-1800 or C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y, callmosby.com. And Julie's the smartest kid on the block. All right. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.